and welcome to the Barely Coherent Podcast. I'm the Grizz, and your hosts, banned in four of the Canadian provinces due to multiple maple <laughs> syrup-related crimes, Snowy B, Mr. Daniel Borden. Thank you, buddy. And, yeah, they'll, they'll and, never catch me. <laughs> and some say he was the chosen one, meant to bring balance to the force until he took a blaster to the knee. Sunny B, a.k.a. Billy Weisinger. What's up? My knee's still sore, honestly. But I could have been great, I think. You know, just got to know your limits. Yeah. Expectations were high. Well, great. Um, I really appreciate the intro. Uh, the Grizz never disappoints. Um, always, always on top of his game. So thanks for that. Um, today's episode is a fun one. Um, we will be talking about movies. Yes, this new thing known as moving pictures. <laughs> ah, the movers, as they say. <laughs> um, you know, we just thought we'd do a fun episode today. So uh, we all three really enjoy movies. So why not do an episode about it? Yeah, so um, we've talked about in the past, uh, at the end of the last episode, kind of getting into some of our like favorite directors and actors and stuff like that. So... Uh, we thought that's what we would kind of cover today. Um, so it just felt I mean, like a natural, natural progression of things. So, uh, how would, uh, where would we like to start? Let's just let's start with a really easy and definitely not controversial question of, uh, what is your favorite movie? So uh, you just tell me, tell me what, tell me what you got. I have what I feel is a comprehensive list. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Always a great start to yeah. any conversation. <laughs> oh, buckle up, bucko. Yeah, uh, uh, so I'll, I'll start one. Uh, I brought this up during the, the last podcast, but one of my favorite movies uh, is Drive. Um, one of those movies that I hated at first, but uh, learned to absolutely love. Dude, uh, I remember seeing that movie. Uh, What's the plot? So the plot <laughs> of Drive is there is this getaway driver who also works as a stunt driver uh, and is kind of rudderless in life. And he ends up meeting uh, this girl and her son who he uh, falls in love with, kind of realizes that's the life he wants. But it all sort of starts to go awry when her uh, actual husband is let out of prison and then he helps them with the heist to get money and back on his feet and things kind of go wrong. Um, it is one of those silent protagonist movies. Um, but the reason why it's great is a lot of the storytelling is done through cinematography. And I love anything that tries to go about it different. There's not a lot of exposition. There's not a lot of the main character talking about what he wants but you get the feel of what he desires and how he feels in different scenes due to how the scenes are shot. Uh, they use this Wait technique. A Wait a minute. So this is, so Ryan Gosling is, yeah. is the main character. Yes. yes. You know, if you were to describe what you just said and describe Ryan Gosling from Blade Runner 2049, that's exactly how he is in Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> so you're saying Ryan Gosling just plays the same character over and over again. Uh, yes, like which it. is going to come into an interesting conversation later, but oh, great, uh, great. Uh, they do things like what's known as quadrants. So anytime him and another character are kind of on the same wavelength about what they want, 
they're in the same quadrant, so either the top half or bottom half of the screen together. And when he's at odds with somebody, they're always filmed in opposite quadrants. Uh, so like the top left, bottom right of did, the scene. Did you did you do research for this? Uh, no, I did not. This is something that I knew about the movie because I'm really into storytelling and all aspects of it. So this was something that I had like read into when the movie came out. I feel suddenly very unprepared for this conversation. <laughs> this was your conversation. Yeah, I might have I might have come in strong. Well, uh, okay, you should have oh, went I can't last. Prepare. <laughs> They will, they will, as we go down uh, my list, it, it becomes less uh, technical. Uh, and then one of the other movies I have on here as absolutely one of my favorite movies, 100% due to nostalgia, is The Karate Kid, mm. the original from the 80s. You're right, because it's a problematic movie. On a it is a line. very problematic movie. <laughs> on a couple of levels. But... <laughs> one of my happy place no. movies. No, it's not. <laughs> a movie made in the 80s? Problematic? No way. What? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I absolutely What is love the most it. problematic thing with Karate Kid? Because I am intrigued. I never even looked at Karate Kid as controversial <laughs> in any way. <laughs> An old man does beat up several children. Uh, it was the 80s. <laughs> he, he, yeah, I mean, that was assault. Yeah. And the, <laughs> there's the, no other way. The bad guy's motivation for why he's a bad guy is because the new kid comes in hitting on his girlfriend, and we're all supposed to be upset that he was upset about it. And and then the adult that he looks up to didn't say, that's ridiculous. You can't just go around beating people up. He just doubled down. He was like, strike first, strike fast. I don't like that. You can't say that to kids. Uh, do, but do you agree with that? I mean, was that was that good? Good advice. Uh, no, he lost. <laughs> Maybe well, he just wasn't good enough at it. <laughs> he also, to be fair, uh, cheated in the final uh, fight. True. There are no head kicks allowed, and he won via crane kick to the face. Mm. Oh, right. oh uh, good point. Good that point. is, yeah, yeah. So he did uh, old old Daniel son. Hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> really did. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those uh, those two movies are the ones that I have as like some of my absolute favorite uh, movies that I can watch over and over and over. Um, uh, and I thought okay. it was a good balance between a really technical like movie and one that was just fun from my childhood that I absolutely love and is the whole reason why I got into martial arts. Ooh, I like that. Um, okay, well, Danny, what's what's your top two? What do you, what do you got? So I pretty much love anything Tom Hanks. Um, Saving Private Ryan and Forrest really? Gump, like they're just yeah, they're just like the low hanging fruit, but they're I think they're tropes for a reason. They're just really good movies. I mean, hmm. you can't. I mean, across across the board, like from top to bottom, I think most people consider like Forrest Gump, you know, like one of the better movies of all time. But I personally like Saving Private Ryan more than any movie I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, is you, and if you if you go and watch it, like yeah, it's a good story, but like it's really um every scene is very purposeful in, in the way they shot it. And if you mm -hmm. go back and watch it again, you'll notice that like everything they do, um it 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 was done with, with care, you know, like every um drop of water on a leaf, you know, when they highlighted that, like they did so intentionally. 
And if you were to go through and watch the movie with me right now, like I'd point out like multiple scenes that were, did a really good job of um, really like grounding you and making you feel like this isn't just like a, hey, a, a war movie or, you know, um, you know, glorifying violence, right? It, um, it kind of, in some ways, like puts you there. And mm-hmm. I really, and I felt like, I felt like any movie that can elicit an emotion, you know, is already kind of a good movie. Um, but if I could watch a movie over and over again and get that same feeling, like, even though I know it's coming, I'm like, man, they really nailed it. And I feel like Saving Private Ryan for me, like really captures that. And um, I mean, the, the the cast is great. Tom Hanks, Matt Damon, Tom Sizemore, Vin Diesel, Edward Burns, um, Barry Pepper, who's been in a bunch of stuff. There's, there's, yeah, it's, it's an all-star yeah. cast. And then oh, absolutely. well done. Yeah. yeah. So I love it. You, you call it lone hanging, hanging fruit. Uh, but I, I think it's one of those where it's such a popular choice because it is that good of a movie. And how many iconic scenes are there in that movie? You yeah. know, that first scene where they're storming the beaches during D-Day is like the blueprint for like drawing people into your war movie mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do like that. Like the stakes in that movie aren't about like we're ending the war and winning the day, but it's like it's just literally this one single task that they had was to find private Ryan. Yeah. Survive. Um, I do know that like when I have to go back and see if I can find some quotes on it, but there was definitely some world war two veterans who talked specifically about that opening scene. And they were like, it was so well done, you know, like the way they, they made it so um, visceral. Yeah, yeah. That the, the veterans said they had like that flashbacks. God, that would be terrible. You're like, I'm going to go watch this movie that I heard is great. And literally the first scene is like, yeah. gives you flashbacks of the worst day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty intense. That would be rough. Yeah. And I, and I almost to the point where I think with uh Forrest Gump, I've been the other one. It's again, like, it's almost like it isn't, it's so good that it doesn't even need to be explained why it's good. Like if you watch it, you're like, I know, I know why it's good. You know, like it's, that's, for me, it's that good, you know, but um, yeah, that's, I'm just, I think, I think most of Tom Hanks movies um, are done, are done well. You know, he's a really good actor. He's a good producer. He's a good director. Um, he's been involved in so many things that like, I'm just like, yep, yeah, good job. <laughs> well done, Tom. Yeah. Keep nailing it. Crushing it. You're crushing mm-hmm. it, dude. <laughs> one of those, one of those actors that doesn't really have bad movies. He just has mm-hmm. not as good movies. Yeah. 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 I mean the what the Tom uh, go ahead and tell you Tom Hanks the Tom Hanks lineup right now. I the mean, Pinocchio movie apparently was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> um, we can give him that one, but yeah, for the most part, I, I can't. You, did you guys see Elvis? I did not see Elvis. I heard that it was good. I also, if I'm being honest, I just I don't care about the biopic of Elvis, so I just that's why I didn't see it. Was it just and I probably wasn't, won't. wasn't part of your time. Oh, I just, I, I don't care. You know, like, <laughs> I just I don't, like the, spending the money to see it. I mean, I might watch it at some point um, when it's on one of the dozens of fucking streaming services that I somehow am subscribed to. But uh, I just, I don't care about Elvis all that much. So. I grew up listening to Elvis in my house. My dad was yeah. just a huge Elvis fan. Yeah. Kind, yeah, kind of, man. Yeah, he, he definitely liked it. 
Well, he, he definitely <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I was surprised to learn that he didn't. That Elvis didn't never wrote a single song. I was uh, unsurprised. <laughs> to, to <know> <laughs> <laughs> Color me unsurprised, you know. Mm. So, what about you, uh, Sonny? What uh, what did you have genned up for your favorite movies? Um, so my favorite movies are way less. Uh, okay, so my favorite movie of all time is A Knight's Tale. Um, and like it's there's nothing complex about it. There's not like you know underlying tones of anything. Like it's just a movie about a dude who wants to change his destiny and he's really good at fucking jousting. And so I I fucking love that shit. So well, I mean, I, I love I love that movie too. I think, the, but the character arc, I mean, it's something that every every young boy can relate to. You know, you you feel you see him go from nothing, right, into achieving his dreams. You know, like that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's great to it's great to like watch like how they literally go from being dirt poor and like struggling they don't know where they're going to get food to he is the best jouster in all of europe and that's yeah. you know that's fun and that also had a really strong cast in it uh as well i mean it has alan tuddick who is one of my favorite yeah. actors and obviously uh, like heath ledger is in that and then um who played vision um uh paul bettany yeah he's in there and then uh Gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, he plays Roland in the movie. Uh, yeah, the guy who played Roland, uh, Mark Addy, is uh, Robert Baratheon on Game of Thrones. So, um, oh, that's right. All the male leads um, are, are 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 big name, you know, big name stars. Um, which is which is cool, you know, and um. <sighs> Um, I think her name is Shannon. So Sosamon uh, was the female lead in uh in in a nice tale. She played Jocelyn. Um, she has been in kind of some independent or smaller things. Uh, she's been in a ton of stuff. It's just not not a ton of mainstream things. Uh, but. Really, I mean, I just I love the movie. I enjoy the movie from top to bottom. Like, there's there's no part of the movie that I am like, oh, this is uncomfortable, or I don't, this isn't, I don't enjoy this, or whatever. I mean, it's just, I think it's fun. It's pretty great. Um, you know what's the what I think is kind of one of the more impressive things about that movie, or hmm. that I really enjoy about it. So if I was gonna tell you that hey we're gonna make a medieval movie right a classic tale about somebody coming from nothing to become a knight by the way it's gonna have an entirely uh modern 90s soundtrack yeah i think most people would be like that ah, sounds garbage but they killed it well, especially in that opening scene when they come in with King queen we will rock you yeah. but it's just like the crowd getting into it they did it right the way um, they integrated it was nailed it. Um, was was so like seamless and intuitive that um it feels like it's like it should be there you know like having um you know having queen play 
during um, during those scenes and uh, having um, you know David Bowie for the um, for the um, the banquet scene. It just it felt like somehow normal. They, like the boys are back in town when they're rolling it back into the to, the town. to London. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's great, dude. I, that's what that's what I'm saying. I love every bit of this movie. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, great. that's 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 a great part about movies is you don't have to like. We get into this mode where we have to like defend our favorite choices by like you know trying to be smart about it. But like, if a movie's fun and it's enjoyable, mm-hmm. like that's that's um, all it needs to be. Are you are you not entertained? That's all that matters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like I like what you did there. And then Thank so you. like kind of um kind of uh like an, another one of my my favorite movies is uh is Big Fish and it's it's a little bit different and it's a very feel good movie and uh I think that's what I enjoyed the most about it is that despite what's happening in this movie you know despite the main character's father um dying right like he's he has cancer and he's dying um it's still like this great story about all the things that he's done and and really the the point of the movie is um to me it doesn't really matter whether your stories are true or false but do they bring joy um, to the people around you, and will you be remembered? And I mean, you and McGregor was phenomenal in that, um, and I think that's one of my favorite roles he's ever been in. So that's why it's one of my favorite movies. That's also an excellent choice. I love just kind of yeah, the it's a great movie. Sur- I don't know if surreal is the right word, but kind of surreal nature of the movie where you're no, they you, they use they use surrealism. As yeah, a, as, an art, as an art, you, yeah, medium for sure. Yeah. You have an un, what is kind of an untrustworthy the narrator, and yes, the dad telling the story, but it's not done in this weird like mystery way. It's done in this like fun remembrance of like, even though these stories aren't one hundred percent real, this is who the father was. Yes, it yeah, because really it's not it. about the stories he's telling; it's about who he is as a person, right? It, his his effect on the world around him. Yeah, and you know it's 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 great. I actually do really like that movie a lot. I forgot Ewan McGregor was in it. Yeah, man, told you. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I really my my favorite movies are just I really love these fucking movies, you know. <laughs> so. And I'm being well, a, was... a, I'm being a fucking nerd over here. <laughs> the no, cinematography I mean... of Drive. <laughs> hey, man, your favorite movie is your favorite movie, and whatever the reasoning is, I'm a hundred percent with it. Yeah. So, uh, I, forget, I forgot about the movie 2003. I'm just looking it up right now, and it came out a while fish. ago. But yeah, yeah, but it was. It's been. It's probably been like a decade since I saw it. But um, I, I think the the way it ended, you know, and uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, right? Is uh, there no? Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna draw the line at like five years. It's been almost 20 years since this movie came out. So if you haven't seen it yet, that's on you, bro. That's on you, yeah. Um, So, yeah, so obviously, like, the way it ended, you know, 
was oh like the story like this the sequence of the end of the movie at, at the at the funeral right when everybody yeah. kind of showed up mm-hmm. like it you know it i felt like it was like there definitely was like an emotional scene because you could see that in the eyes of his dad retelling the story as like a parable or a life lesson you know he made the stories exactly what the title was right it's a big fish like there really was a fish right but it's really you know he makes it a really big fish everything is so bombastic and over the top but uh, there's a lot of life lessons to be learned in there you say bombastic yeah i absolutely love that i love that word (laughs) (laughs) and uh thank you so tim burton the king of bombastic if you will Uh, yeah i definitely i really enjoyed it um i guess that a tim burton movie it is really yeah uh from the nav it says on the thing from the imagination of director tim burton an adventure as big as life itself interesting Oh, I'm yeah. surprised because Hannah Bonham Carter isn't in it, so I, I didn't realize it was. A <laughs> <laughs> this is before they got close. Uh, <laughs> Where yeah. is Danny DeVito in his top hat? Oh, true, true. Oh, well, he, well, he's in there, right? Isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito. Does he, does he run the circus he's in his top hat? Yeah, he runs the circus. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a circus leader. He has a theme like his. <laughs> Tim Burton, man. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Steve, Steve, Steve in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bring it, yeah. bring it back memories with your picks, man. Cause I forgot about that movie, but I also forgot how much I actually love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what job, else? Man. What, what, uh, what, you only, you only named one. You talked to, oh, you said, uh, Saving Private Ryan and, uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, Forrest Gump. So just like Tom oh. Hanks, right? So, so is Tom Hanks your favorite actor then? Is that like a safe um, assumption? I think I think basically like it's not just like as an actor like yes good but like every I like the genres he chooses when he directs and produces. Mm-hmm. Like if you go through the list of things like I don't know if you're familiar aware and I was kind of like Tom Hanks fanboy here a little bit. Um, just like his you know so you could know like obviously people know things like oh yeah he was Woody and you know. Um, and Toy Story, right? Which is which is great, but I mean, he was in so many things that, like, whether he directed or was like he voiced over or whatever. I mean, it just the the line of movies, you know, that are so good, like like The Green Mile, right? Like, you just mm-hmm. like, oh, phenomenal movie, right? Um, you know, Forrest Gump, like I mentioned, um, even movies that are really slow, like a really slow burn, um, really enjoyable, is um, uh, Castaway. Um, you know, mm-hmm. old movie, slow burn. A classic, yeah. Classic, yeah. Uh, the, the Terminal, which is actually appropriate because the guy who... He just um, died, right? He just died. Yeah, the guy um, who... I've never the, seen The Terminal, though. But Yeah, slow burn. Slow burn movie. It's good, though. This is cute. It's very cute. Um, I really enjoyed the movie Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. That is, that's also actually also story. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, great It's movie. just so entertaining. Uh, yeah i think i like that he so he uses a lot of real like he chooses a lot of movies that are based on real stories and based on real life yeah. yeah um the greyhound real story obviously sully mm-hmm. you know um, sully <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. charlie charlie wilson's war mm-hmm. um, um what's the, the one he just did oh uh captain phillips no um will you be my neighbor will you be my neighbor yeah oh, you watch that 
I I loved that movie. That was a really good movie. So, Mister Rogers yeah. is definitely a better person than all of us. <laughs> so. Also, he he's part of my one of my one of my favorite genres. Uh, he played he played this movie called Finch. It's uh, it was an Apple TV. I saw that. Movie. Uh, the movie yeah, was I not really stellar, did. but no, it was it, a good movie. Was, or I en- it, was. it wasn't good, but I enjoyed the movie. He does a lot of slow burns. You know, I think he. That's his like his his kind of like as he's gone through life like he doesn't lean heavy into like um, over the top action. It's like a that's a build up, you know. It kind of makes you really connect with the character. So yeah, sometimes it hits you know really well. Sometimes it's not as much. Yeah, he but, does a lot of character pieces, which is right. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. I think they got like yeah, he had an Oscar for I think. Um, oh, yeah, because so, it's an amazing, amazing movie. Yeah. Um, and then of course there were some ones that are like more silly, like so A League of Their Own, um, a classic. Good movie. Yeah. Very movie. good. I remember yeah. from when I was a kid, uh, the movie Big. Um back That's to a good one. Yeah. Yep. Nineties movie Sleepless in Seattle. Saw that a bunch. Cute, mm-hmm. cute rom com. Yeah. Uh, that thing you do. Oh, Splash. Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah, those so there's <laughs> all the there's Tom Hanks movies. All of them. There's, yeah, I mean well, I just I think you know, and then of course he got into directing, which um, and producing, which uh, if you know, you guys have seen Band of Brothers, but that to me was like one of the greatest um, miniseries I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I've seen parts. I've never watched the whole thing like like all the way like in one sitting, but it's kind of like a like a piecemeal viewing, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. But um, it's it's. The characters are so. Um, well, they're all real again. Yeah, yeah, but they're like, like, like it's hard sometimes to um, have your audience connect to characters, especially in war, because it's hard to relate. Mm, right. To, it's hard for the average person to relate to soldiers. <clears throat> but um, yeah. I think Band of Brothers does a really good job of making you care about the characters. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, did the, he did the Pacific too, which is not, I wouldn't say it's as good, but it's still really good and accomplishes a lot good. of the same yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, fo- the follow on to Band of Brothers. Yeah. Def- yep. Different settings, same more. Um, not as good as the original because I think he kind of missed on that character building. Like you got, you got from the first, the first one. You know, you really kind of cared about the people as they went through. Yeah. But, well, they did a really good job too because they did that thing where they would like bring in the actual people and they would talk about like, after the the show, like that episode uh, about like what they had experienced, and I, mm-hmm. that, I think that really helped you relate <clears throat> to those characters a lot instead of just it being like soldier A, soldier B. Yeah, definitely type of thing. Yeah, have you guys ever seen October Sky with uh, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal? Yeah, I no, I have not. That is a great, great movie. Interesting. Yeah, I have a yeah. list of movies that like like I would like to see. Um, so you should put that, that one on there. Put October Sky on there. I'm gonna, I'm, the, synops- I'm the synopsis of it is um, true story. Right? Is this guy uh, Homer Hickam? He um, still alive? I don't know if he still works for NASA. He might be retired now, but basically, oh, I have seen that. That's the Rocket yeah, movie. The Rocket. Yeah, movie. he grows yeah. up in like that mining, that coal town, town coal yeah. mining town. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I have seen that. That is a really good movie. <laughs> it's been really a long time. That. I watch a lot of movies. So yeah. sometimes I forget, um, you know, 
what I've seen, what I haven't seen. Stuff blurs together sometimes. Um, um who's your guys? Okay, so who's your favorite actor? So I actually, I actually have two favorite actors, and I'll but I want to ask you your guys' favorite actor before I tell you my second one. Okay. Okay, so you said Tom Hanks was your first one. We're calling we're calling it Tom Hanks. Even if you say it's not, you literally <laughs> you talk about all his movies like for like you fifteen minutes. Wrote them. <laughs> so I, don't... I well, okay. It's so okay. you know what it is? is I, I like his movies. I like his movies as more than the actor, but but I actually think I have I have somebody who um, I, I am like emotionally more connect with, you know. So, but anyways, I'm okay, here to okay, guys' favorite, favorite okay. actors. So okay, so Grizz, who is your favorite actor? Uh, one of my favorite actors is John C. Riley. Ooh, oh, great. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's really easy to see him as like, hey, he's just comedy opposite of Will Ferrell uh-huh. in a lot of in a lot of movies and stuff like that. Uh, but if you see some of his more dramatically like focused work, like uh, The Sisters Brothers, is a great western. Um, and even though he does a little comedy in that one too, he can actually do drama very well. Okay. Uh, he's, I think, one of those actors that's far more um, diverse than a lot of people get him credit for. And so there's this period in like the mid 2000s where he kind of got pigeonholed into these comedy roles, which they were hilarious, and he's great at them. He's right. one of the few regular comedic actors I enjoy. But I think when you take the opportunity to watch his dramatic stuff, you realize like this dude can actually act and emote and and portray emotions in an interesting way, and he does really well in character studies. You know who's uh, just like that for me? Um, the I'm blanking right now, but the um, the office uh, character, uh, Steve oh, Carroll. Uh, Steve Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah, if you watch his more serious movies, which there's a few of them, like the first time I saw him in a serious role, I was like, oh my god, like he's a he's mm-hmm. a really good actor. Yeah, like he does he he has a full compass, the full he he covers the entire range of emotions. I was really impressed. Yeah, what's you know, the same thing? What's that wrestling movie? movie he did? Oh. uh uh, gosh, I know what movie you're talking about, and it's gonna bug me, so I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah, but uh, that while, one... while I'm thinking about that, um, have you seen Crazy Stupid Love? It's been a while, but yeah, is yeah. is that the one where he goes and like meets his brother's fiance and falls in love? No, no, it's a serious movie. movie. No, I think I know which movie you're talking. (laughs) No, it is not that one. Okay. (laughs) Are you sure it's not that one? Hold on. No, Crazy Stupid Love is has Ryan Gosling in it, and um, oh yeah, yeah. his his wife is having an affair. Be handsome the whole time. Uh, no, he's actually very funny. I mean, it's it's kind of a comedy. But there are parts in there where Steve, I mean, because it's a very serious, like he finds out his wife is cheating on him. Um, and now he's, he's like trying to go out into the world and like, like be, try to be himself without his other half um, or what had been his other half for a long time. And it's very like, I think Steve Carell does a really good job and Ryan Gosling does a good job. So there's another Ryan Gosling movie for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh yeah i'm trying uh, to find this doesn't. movie yeah while you're just a handsome face looking up i'm gonna throw out another name uh and it's alan tuddick oh yeah i mean but just the amount of voice work that dude does he played a chicken in moana and it was great it. Yeah. it was great it was, a, it was phenomenal how, how does that conversation go right you're like, hey you're gonna be part of a major disney movie are you interested and he's like oh of course right and then uh, they're like, all right, what's what's my role? 
you're going to be the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you dude, go it. watch the behind the scenes where they show him like voicing it and it is hilarious, but you can also like just see how at the same time, how seriously he takes the role. And I really appreciate going into absurdity and like just full bore, just committing to it. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so I cannot find this movie. Um, Uh, so I'll keep looking for it, but I like going through the list of movies that Steve Carell has been in. He's been in some really good fucking movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, Foxcatcher definitely. Foxcatcher is the wrestling movie. Oh, 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 yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. He's talking about the Foxcatcher camp, and it's a real yes. story. It's it's a hard watch because of the subject it's, matter. It's but can Steve Carell. Yeah, yeah, Steve Carell does an amazing amazing job and it's if you've only ever seen him in the office in the 40 year virgin you would not expect him to put out a performance like well that. also um the that was a good like channing tatum did a really good job yeah. in that movie which like, it has a lot of surprising to some people yeah, so. it, it they were able to bring out performances in that movie that with some of their actors that a lot of people weren't expecting yeah definitely uh, um, what about what sorry, about you? What's uh, what's some of your favorite actors? Who me? Yeah. Um, you. Gosh, it's so tough. Um, I so I think that pretty much anything Denzel Washington is in is probably at the top of my list. Uh, for movies, um, he. Kind of, well, it's weird because kind of recently he's gotten into this like kind of action hero type thing, which mm-hmm. is fun, um, especially you know for an older for an older actor. Um, but I mean, some of Denzel's movies are um, definitely some of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I mean, like uh- Man on Fire is probably. If there's my an favorite action, Denzel movie. Yeah. If there's an action movie that's gonna come on that I'm gonna watch it regardless of what's happening in my life, it's Man on Fire. Yeah. I mean for, for me it'd be training day. Training day? I mean training day. Um uh American Gangster, um what else? The Book of Eli, obviously the Equalizer movies. Um if you haven't seen The Magnificent Seven, I really enjoyed it. Um, I know some people didn't, but that's fine. But I mean, the siege. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um. Gosh, I mean, like it literally, like just so many great movies. John Q. Oh man, <laughs> John Q. That one was. I saw that when I was when I was relatively young, and um. That definitely makes you think <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's, I think it's one of those picks that people are scared to make as their favorite because it's like he's he's so famous for being a really, really good actor. Uh, yeah. But there's a reason why he's, you know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Macbeth yet, um, but I would like to. Hard, hard watch. Yeah, I mean it's a Macbeth, so 
that is to be expected, honestly. Uh, who don't you guys like as actors? Recently, Will Ferrell. Okay. Um, Will Ferrell has been... And what's wild is I know that he can do serious movies. Uh, and I'm not saying he has to do serious movies to be relevant, but like it's just been kind of the same stuff from him for a long time. And it's like, he's like, I'm just going to keep doing this because this is what I'm good at and I'm not going to change. Um, so that's kind of a bummer. But that's... Yeah, it's... Uh, I found like trying to figure out who were my least favorite actor slash actress mm. difficult because a lot of people like like Will Ferrell, right? They put out some really good stuff. There's a reason why they're still popular and getting roles for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of just have to look at like their recent body of work. Mm. Uh, but I, I just don't like being like you used to be good, but now you're not. Um, so for me, it's honestly it's Kristen Stewart is one of my mm. least favorite. Why? Um, why? I'm trying to, so it actually has nothing to do with like the Twilight series or anything like that. I just feel like she just in her presentation has this awkwardness about her, uh, which worked really well. I can't remember what the movie is, but one of her first movies it worked really, really well in because it was a movie about sexual assault. Um, but in a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I uh, see what you did there. Yeah, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> but not that one. Uh, but in a lot of her recent roles, where it doesn't really call for it, she kind of brings it in. She anyway. brings in that awkwardness is still there, and it's like I feel like to be considered a good actor, you have to be able to like change those parts of you to fit the roles that you're in. And if you can't, it's like to me, it's just super noticeable. Um, and it, it, I think it's Hamburton when she's tried to do different types of roles and it's not that the movie she's been, in has been bad, but it's just something that I've kind of noticed. And I felt like takes me out of some of the scenes sometimes where it's like, why is this character acting like this? Oh, it's because it's Kristen Stewart. Oh, I, I actually don't think I've ever liked a single movie that she's ever been in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, maybe not just her, but the movie itself, I just didn't find good, you know? So the roles that she plays, you know, intrinsic to her bad are not, roles in your not movie. good movies. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I she know, picks a. Um, okay, okay. So, how about this? Have you ever seen American Ultra? That's the one I was going to bring no. up. I like that movie. No? no, I would. I'd watch it. I'm not saying that it's the best movie ever written, but yeah, it is quite enjoyable. I think, and I actually liked Kristen Stewart in that movie. I, I do think it is uh, one of her better roles. Yeah. But that's like, that's, I have a hard time because there's a lot of low hanging fruit, but that's one for me that I'm just, yeah. I don't know. I that's can't really understand. So, so my, my choice, I mean, is it's, I think it seems obvious when you, when you look at it, but for me, it's Kevin Hart. I think Kevin Hart <laughs> is, is the, is, is a not an actor. Like he basically, he's like, I'm going to be myself on TV. Right. And I'm like, that's, you know, like he, he's a funny person. He's obviously very charismatic. He has a great stage presence. Uh, he's a great comic. And then someone goes like, put him, put, put that on film. Right. And then essentially they just started writing, writing like movies around, around that. 
And I'm at, I'm at the point now, whenever I see him, I'm like, I know exactly what this is going to be about. I know yeah. exactly who he's going to be. There's so he's nothing... like pigeonholed into, well, into like being, or not, not, he is well, that, basically. Well, that term is, that term pigeonhole is usually used for like, uh, like for instance, like the guy who played Carlton. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Um, um... He will, Fuck, what he will always name? be Carlton, right? Or like yeah. in some way, like like Daniel Radcliffe in some ways. Will or like be the uh, the 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 Wicked Witch of the West in, um, uh, the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz. Um, she was basically like she couldn't. She never acted again because she didn't want. Like people just assumed that she wanted a, the role as the witch, and that's not. That's not what she wanted. That's not how she wanted her career to go. And Little fun fact there. I didn't know that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, Wizard of Oz was that early around the 1920s, 1930s? I think it's. I think it's 30, 38, It might be. Um, oh. uh, this was just a trivia question. Fuck. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, so but obviously, like, not. I think it's even worse than that, right? Because pigeonholing almost. It's almost like it's against your will, right? Like it happened. Sorry, by the way. Like you, you played a you played a role of oh, 39. 39. Like you played a role too good, you know. In yep. this case, I it's think not it's that. like <laughs> it's not that. It's just you Kevin sound... Hart being Kevin Hart. So and angry. I, <laughs> well, you know, it's it's the point now because he just shows up in movies so often. Yeah. Now, it's like stop it, stop. You know, it was in a lot of ways. I feel like they did the same thing with um, Medea, right? Like Medea was funny. Like no, that was a choice. That was a choice he that, made. But that was a choice he made. Those that's my point. Like, oh, like, you're saying to like that's the only character that per- that he can play, right? He's like that's okay. It. So that's not true though. So, so actually, I think I I would challenge you on that because okay. um, Tyler Perry, um, in in really all his other movies where he's not playing Medea, is is a good actor. He's a really good actor. Um. Uh-huh. I'm gonna find. I, I think a better comparison would be Medea. somebody like Chris Pratt, mm. okay. where he can do different stuff, but a lot of Chris Pratt's movie roles are just uh, this your military adjacent yeah, you, individual. Yeah, you are now Chris Pratt with dinosaurs. You are now yeah. Chris Pratt in space. Well, the, that's the argument no, can reject, be made for the rock. I reject that. I reject that. I, I actually because the I Chris Pratt thing. Used... <laughs> Yeah, because I was introduced to Chris, uh, Chris Pratt when he was on. Um, yeah, he was on well, Parks, and Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was Parks and Rec. So, yeah. so when he was, you know, fat Chris Pratt. I mean, one, he was hilarious and he was funny, and you know, yeah, he was confident and whatever. But he would he did such a good job on there um, that I think when uh, he was going to play Star Lord, which is like his first major role after Parks and Rec they approached him and they were just like basically like hey like you're gonna do this 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 role whether you're fat or not but you gotta we want you to look like star lord you know or we envision him to look like you know but we really want you because you're a great actor and you're really funny so Mm -hmm. you know if you look at how he how he wasn't in that that was actually more akin to who he naturally was and then when he went off from star lord to be like the the hunk version of that you know himself Mm -hmm. They so, kind of started. They started moving him into those roles more and more, but he didn't start. Right, off but that way. I don't. He I don't want to deflate your, arg- your argument a little bit. But Chris Pratt wasn't fat. Chris Pratt before the office or before Parks and Rec, he became fat. Chris Pratt for that role. Did he really? What did he play yes. on before? Oh before? shit! He he wasn't like that. I know somebody who knew him in high school, uh, but he wasn't like that. 
he became fat Chris Pratt so that he could get better cast in comedy roles. Ooh. Or that's just excuse. Damn. I don't know. I mean, I want to say if Chris <laughs> Pratt became, became fat. Um, Are you saying you don't believe roles? Raider? I'm saying, no, no, no. Are you I'm just saying Googling that, it? I'm saying that uh, people might say those things, you know? Like, realistically, though, like, he... He definitely like, <laughs> like he was. It wasn't like he got the role and it was like, all right. Time to get back in shape. Like he stayed fat for a couple of years. Like he was, he was a fat dude. As as a you fat know? dude who was in shape, it is. Yeah, you, you get fat and you're like, this is comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's, no, that's but like that was his character though. Like he got the role. Like I'm certain. Like I am. I can't be 100 percent certain, right? Because I wasn't there. But if if the casting director says. You're the fucking guy we pick. We love the way you look. We love the way you talk. We love the way you dress. Whatever you know, like all that. You don't then say, "Okay, cool, I got the role," and then lose all the weight that they said that they liked about you. After well, deliberately no, so- gaining, hold on. After deliberately gaining weight to play Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec, which was sixty pounds, Pratt lost sixty pounds in six months. Ha. Uh, after, after, well, okay. So here's the thing. So the Andy Dwyer role, though, was only supposed to be for one season, right? Like yeah. he, he was wrote in for once and he said, he ended up staying, I think on the show the whole, the whole time. Um, okay. and he did such a good job that he evolved from being, uh, Anne's, you know, Anne's doofy boyfriend, right. To being like a mainstay part of the show. And, uh, yeah. So granted, right. He gained, he gained the weight for the show, but I mean, when he, didn't he kept you know, the weight for the show, kept the weight. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, he was already on the show. I don't but think they'd have been like, oh, you're fired. If you get, if you lose weight, I but think it's not like that would have it's not like the rock staying jacked for his roles. You know, it's like, Oh, I got to stay fat. Oh no. The work it entails. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I guess my point is that, that the, the, I'm losing the point. It wasn't him being fat. It was more about his, being his, shoehorned his, or um, like um, uh, yeah. typecast. Like typecast. Was, that, that right. Is, that's yeah. His words. typecast is being the handsome, confident, like, you know, uh Velociraptor Wrangler. Right, like Ugh, it this, wasn't just him being how, skinny. It's not even what Velociraptors look like. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> they're 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 have feathers, right? They were the size of turkeys, and they had feathers, and they don't have that like opposable fucking claw thing. Uh, that's a different dinosaur, a Dinonychus. But it's a different conversation altogether. Whatever. <sighs> I get I get your point though, where uh, it is different from. Uh, who are you talking about? I forgot. Chris Pratt. Oh, uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, Kevin Hart, where he he did have roles that were just like, oh, you're Kevin Hart. We're putting Kevin Hart in a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But there, but he does have the ability to show range. That is, uh, that's a um, that's a thing. He had that uh, limited series. I think it was on Netflix. Ah, uh, fuck. What was growing it up? Everybody hates Chris. No. <laughs> Different, <laughs> different black comedian, but uh, no, it's about it's like um, it's about him and his brother. Um, I, I I didn't I never finished it because it made me so uncomfortable. That's like that's how good the acting was in it. <laughs> it, was, it was super uncomfortable to watch. Um, but uh, his him his, like a like he is playing this person this comedian or he's playing this comedian so basically he's kind of playing himself but you're seeing the behind the scenes stuff of like 
how he has to be serious about stuff and like things that he has to deal with. And he, they end up like having this party and this, this uh, prostitute dies. And it's about like making bad decisions. And his brother is kind of a negative influence on him. And, and like, it's, it's like a bunch of stuff. And I don't really know the story behind the show, but from what I saw, he was very serious. And um, I think, I think he did a good job from what I saw. I just really, I couldn't, I couldn't finish the series. I, it made me, it made me so uncomfortable to watch just the, <laughs> the things that were occurring. So um, I didn't, I didn't finish it, but I thought it was really good. But I see your point, and I'm not, I'm not denying that. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, but that's what The Rock does. That's literally what The Rock does. The Rock, the highest paid actor in the world right now. Yeah, literally, all his just roles. plays himself. All, all of his roles are. You are the big Jack dude uh, who's kind of funny. Yes. So. Yeah. I mean, I do love the Fast and Furious movies, though. Oh, so. I, I love me some Dwayne Johnson, but uh, <laughs> your your point does stand that it, and it's weird because The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart are in a lot of movies together yeah. where the movies are, Hey, it's the rock and Kevin Hart in a movie. Yes. It's yeah. Not, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not, Absolutely. It's not acting. It's just, putting it's, camera just on the it's not acting. <laughs> this isn't acting. This, this is an art. This acting. Is actually, the, the one time I think the rock really should have stayed with who he was and it would have worked still was when he played in black Adam and he became the more comic book version of that. And he was going to be more stoic and dark and, I actually think it didn't work, right? Like I didn't, I did not like that version of his character. Like he should have been, he. I think he, he should have been more himself in that role. Mm. And I honestly, like, I thought Black Adam was like completely dry. There was no, like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing there to make me go like, oh, cool, like great, great comic book antihero that like is dark and moody, but has like some uh, relevance that I, I can connect to on some level. There was nothing there for me. It was just. You're killing people, and your son died. Like, cool. Are we are we talking about comic book movies now? Because I can talk about comic book movies. Talk whatever like, you want to, bro. This is your for the next for the next for the next several <laughs> you hours. Literally talk about whatever I mean, you want to talk, Sonny B. So, I I, I get what you're good. saying. I, have you seen Black Adam yet, Raider? Uh, I have. I'm super behind. I have not seen that. I have not seen the new Black Panther. Uh, those are on my list. I've just been very busy. Go watch it. Black Panther's great. Oh yeah. Wait. What so did good. you just say? To go watch Black Panther. Didn't great. last week he say uh, he was going to tell us why he thought that Black Panther wasn't going to be any good? I do believe those those are your exact words. Yeah, and then he saw it and he stood corrected. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Great. All right. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to really lean into the whole uh, female thing way more than they did, you know, because like the female Black Panther. And I thought they definitely um, could have done a better job with making me feel more tears when they did a obviously like a little homage um to you're mad uh, because they didn't it wasn't I, sad enough it wasn't i didn't i really felt like they they didn't do him enough enough there's like ways to you know emote make people emote and i felt like it was wasn't enough to make me be like damn you know like it was like okay um, I mean, you say that, but that's you specifically. I know plenty of people who thought that it was perfect or great or, you know. I mean, it's not they, they me loved specifically. It. There's a bunch of articles that are speak to this exact thing, but I guess. I mean, when For we sure. talk about we talk about if you want to talk about articles about like 
scientific study or social issues that's one thing but articles about movies i don't i don't i don't really buy into really anything in terms of um no no i I completely agree but your your statement was your opinion is whatever right like you're basically saying like hey the opinion is less because there's people who just i'm not saying it's less well i mean it's obvious it was less all well, I'm okay, saying but, but is that you... saying like, hey, I know people who like who disagree with you is oh, yeah, that's for sure. I, I agree. I, I, there's no like ob- obvious statement here of like factual, you know, factual right. statements. I'm saying, but all I said was that that is maybe not only not um, exclusive to you, but that is uh, a take that you have. But I would I would say that the majority of people that I've talked to about the movie so far, because that's I'm talking to you about the movie, and now I'm telling you about. The conversations I've had with other people about the movie, they they felt like that was a very good way to 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 convey their sadness for what happened with Chadwick Boseman. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that your no, no, no. opinion I, is I invalid. Got you. Um, it's just that, like, what about? I guess my point thing is, is what do they do to really show to like give homage to Chadwick? They had a funeral. They had a whole ass funeral. Sorry, I mean Grizz. I know that's it's it's like the first scene of the movie. Just so you're aware, I'm I'm not super concerned about spoilers. Okay, well but I'm not the listeners, yeah, but our maybe. listeners maybe. Yeah. Ah. So. Uh, anyway, uh, I get what you're yeah. saying. Um, yeah. So, um, how about hold on? I wanna I wanna I wanna go back for a second. Let's rewind. Um, in terms of like favorite you didn't tell us your other favorite uh actor snowy well i'll tell you this when he when he died um i think i felt real i like felt like real like feelings of loss you know like mm-hmm. when i found out he died i felt that real feeling of like I, like i knew him you know in some ways so robin williams i grew up on him my whole life you know okay so he was yeah. really big in the 90s you know early 2000s um, okay some of the movies he had from everything from the, the stuff he did in Disney, like I said, which when I was a kid, like he was, you know, that was his, his voice was in a lot of things. Um, to some of the more serious roles that he was a part of, like going through my adolescence and then through my, you know, young, my young adult male life, really pivotal, you know. And um, so while there's a lot of movies I, of his I just did not like, the ones that he did do, um, maybe the movie itself, you know, was kind of just like, okay, I, I don't want to really rewatch that again. But um, that had a, a you know a deep stain onto you know mm-hmm. the way I viewed not just the movie but like the world at large you know and it, like I, I there was multiple times it happened um, whether through like the specific scene or like the overall vibe of the movie and so when Robin Williams died it felt like there's almost like that ended I guess mm-hmm. you know like the the future whatever future lessons that I was gonna also take from the movies that he was making. Um, I, I now wasn't going to get and you know that's I guess a selfish way of looking at it is that like I, I saw it from how it was going to impact me but that's I think that was the only time I ever felt that with anybody who I didn't know personally dying yeah and I I think with him it was rough too because he he spent so much time like um, he spent so much time like bringing happiness especially in like some dark situations like in the movie patch adams right uh he kind of taught us to kind of see the the happy side of things 
the comedy, not necessarily the comedy in it, but how to use comedy to kind of like get through uh, loss or pain or or struggles. Uh, and then to kind of see him kind of succumb to the same thing, I think was really, really hard because he, he spent a whole time teaching a generation, you know, how to how to laugh and how to look at different situations through the eyes of, of comedy. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, to kind of know that at the end, like he kind of succumbed to it, uh, I think was a really tough loss for a lot of us too. In that sense, not so much in like a, a selfish way, but like, you know, we, as much as like, they are just movies. I think we learned a lot from, you know, people like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, if you were to go through, I probably could, like probably do him justice to like, make a list of like all the lessons I learned from like some of his more popular movies. I remember watching, you know, Dead Poet Society when I was mm. um, younger, mm -hmm. you know, and feeling uh, that like, okay, cool. Like this, this is somebody who bucked against the status quo and um, it saw what saw what school wasn't offering, right? Saw what's that there was a part of there was art and beauty that just wasn't being encapsulated by stick by staying rigid, you know? And like, so stuff like that impacted me. Cause I, I felt that I felt like, you know, that was like, okay, cool. Like I, I didn't like school for a lot of reasons. Even if I did well at it, I still didn't like it. And I was like, well, why don't I like it? Right. And it wasn't, you can't really have those conversations when you're young, but when you watch a movie, you get that, you know, it's able to talk to you in a way where you're like, Oh, cool. I, I can see, that the, a director has has basically said, "Hey, we're going to do a movie about this exact thing," you know, uh, about how staying rigid and um, sticking to the sticking to the the curriculum um, can you know can breed people that don't have you know that don't that don't they can't speak from their their original voice, right? It's they're just kind of copying what they think or saying what they think they should say. And um, there was one that I think dealt with death that really impacted me is called what dreams may come i don't know if you guys ever saw that one i think i have seen that yeah it dealt with um his wife his wife killed herself and she goes to like purgatory um oh yeah i have seen that yep. yeah um and that was again really deep you know that was you know for a lot of reasons like i mean you're ever dealing with death and purgatory and then there was other ones that i felt like helped me deal with um you know the the passing of time you know and kind of how we age and like how in our on our our how time is relative which and i've seen bicentennial man now um this, oh man to. what yeah. a classic yeah and that one for me i think like i said like whenever i when i first watched it i was like whoa you know like whoa even that's even like that's night at the museum which is like this like silly oh but great scene yeah at the end yeah i what was Man. that? What was that quote? There was that quote in the museum. Man, I've, I've heard it so many times. I'm drawing a blank right now. I have the museum quote. Let me think I find it. He said something to uh, the. Was he? I know he was playing as Teddy Roosevelt. And He's he playing Teddy been, Roosevelt. Yeah. Was he just? Was it? Was that a Teddy quote? And he was just saying it on the movie. Uh, I wasn't. No, hold on. Man, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to see if I can find um, like his like. I'm looking at all the quotes from the movie. Yeah. Um, while you think about that, or while you try to find that, yeah. Um, yeah. Grizz, do you have like a least favorite movie, like a movie that you just like really don't enjoy? Uh, 
<clears throat> I think is overrated, maybe, I guess. Um, one that I think is overrated, and I, this might be a popular choice, but I remember feeling this when I saw it in theaters was Avatar. <laughs> oh, big one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, uh, okay, so the 3D was amazing. Like, I'm not taking that away from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual movie itself didn't really like great visual effects sure you know 3d was amazing but the story itself wasn't original uh it was in and of itself slightly problematic right it is well, dances yeah, with wolves uh yeah. in but aliens right so it still mm-hmm. has that whole white savior uh complex going on okay in it. yeah definitely um the world building was okay I mean, it was kind of uh, lazy. They didn't really yeah, have to do a it, ton in terms of backstory. Yeah. Um, um, and it just, like, it It was an okay movie, right? It, it was an okay movie, but hugely, in my opinion, hugely overrated. Um, and I'm like, they're talking about making a new one. They've started showing previews for it, and I am not excited at all to see it. Yeah, the, the second um, movie is coming out. James yeah. Cameron has been waiting, you know, uh, fifteen years or however long it's been. Yeah, and uh, just for the for the CGI to catch up with what he has in mind. So um, yeah, and I just you know I just I don't know I just I remember seeing it. I remember going, "This is what everybody was hyped about." The technical side of stuff was great, but the uh, the the actual movie and the story itself was very okay. Okay. Uh, the other one I have on this list is a movie called Gunpowder Milkshake, which is on <laughs> Netflix. Has what? Kieran Gilliam, yeah. and it uh, it has the uh, sin of being a fun, dumb, dumb movie without the fun, and wasting, <laughs> and wasting Kieran Gillian, who I absolutely love in it. Uh, uh, yeah, that movie was somehow like the most boring action-packed movie of all time <laughs> there's you're watching it and the entire time you're watching you're like this should be fun like it has action yeah. it has fun actors in it and it just wasn't fun so it's just dumb <laughs> and, yeah know, uh, that is yeah. It, i remember seeing it on netflix and like oh i think i'm gonna like this like this is a movie that i am supposed to like and i just hated it <laughs> uh <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I found the quote and I want to be back part of this conversation because I was finding it and I kind of missed the first half of your thing, so I apologize. <laughs> but you, um, you can go ahead with your night at the museum quote. No, I'm sorry, but like <laughs> it was it was actually one of the last lines he ever spoke ever on film was oh. night at the museum. And it's when he's just Teddy Roosevelt. So the last thing he's he's one of the last things he says, and it was over a, a few sentences, but um um, you know, they're you know, Robin Williams is talking to uh, to ben uh, Ben Siller, right? Ben Siller, and uh, he says to Ben Siller, he's like, It's time for your next adventure. And then Ben Siller says, Well, I, I have no idea what I'm gonna do tomorrow. And Robin Williams responds with, I think, a, a timeless line, How exciting! and that response to me was like, wow, like what a great way of looking at that feeling, which Ben Siller presented initially as like a, I, 
I don't, I don't know what's my life's gonna what gonna hold, and that's scary and that's sad, and and like my you know all my plans are you know thrown out the window, you know. And he smiles at him and goes, "Oh, how exciting is that?" You know, so like really just like that perspective you could take on life, you know, and how you can yeah. approach things that are bad, you know. And that's I guess like really encapsulates for me like why I just loved Robin Williams and like the roles that he played. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's. Oof. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Honestly, yeah. it was really good. Uh, so to catch up, we were talking about movies that, uh, that like our uh, least, favorite least favorite movies, favorite movies that we just don't enjoy. Like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, now that you're back, Snowy, yep. if you had anything, what do you got? Least favorite movies? Like, just it doesn't have to be like a bad movie or like. Yeah, like I brought just, up Avatar. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. I see. And I see why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, there's actually there's actually a few. Um, Just give us one, because I'm gonna say if we don't cut you off, you'll talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like anything DC recently. <laughs> I I I have right. been so disappointed by the. I think the only good thing DC did was the a recent Batman that I enjoyed. But oh, I uh, yeah, the Batman. I think Batman. that was probably one of yeah. the, the best on screen. That was one of my favorite on screen Batmans. Right. Uh, like live that was action. Great. Yeah, that um, was great. Followed closely by Ben Affleck's Batman and then Christian Bale, maybe. Uh, in terms of live action, um, I think the best Batman of all time George Clooney Batman's Batman. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, Kevin Conroy, you know, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. R.I.P. Uh, just the most iconic Batman of all time, and so yeah, that's yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. So I, I get what you're saying about DC DC movies. It's, yeah, DC DC is so moody. Trust and me, just, like, and I, intentionally dark, and I'm like, boo! Like, well, that's the point. Right. That's yeah, that, but it's like it's like teenager moody dark. You know yeah. what I mean? Like what they it's like if somebody was explained to what dark movies were, and then they tried to reenact as opposed to like somebody directing from like real pain or loss or you know well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so the Batman was dark, but it was a mature darkness about like real problems that a city yes. like Gotham would face. Yes, right. Not this right. like bro philosophy dark. Yes, of, like we're Thank gonna. You blue shade everything and yeah. kind of have some slow motion like, stuff yeah. and the music yeah. is really moody and dark right right um so it's funny so i am a huge dc fan um comics dc comic fan um i love dc comics my favorite superhero is green lantern and with that said wow my least yeah. favorite movie of all time green lantern. was green lantern <laughs> and, so bad uh, it was like it was it was atrocious and that was at a time when campy superhero movies were kind of like the thing right you know like fantastic four daredevil uh like th those kind of like not too serious whatever right that movie was awful and it was very clear to me that the director of that movie had never read a green lantern comic in his life someone had told him about green lantern like he got he the like notes. yeah like he he didn't know he had no idea what the source material it had was, every you know? reason to be good 
I mean, but the CG thing? was bad. The story yeah. was bad. The acting was bad. It was literally bad all around. Yeah, Martin Campbell. Was... I hope he never directs anything ever again. <laughs> but it had every reason to be good. Uh, the cast was an amazing cast, right? It was. It was because I think oh, wow. Iron Man came out around the same time, right? Mm, 2008 so a couple years after iron man came out yeah so we already had iron man um so as far as like the cgi the and thor i think and hulk it it had it wasn't like it it tried to be the first good superhero movie it had every reason to be good and it just wasn't it was just a terrible act and and i'll be honest i don't think ryan reynolds was a good choice for hal jordan that's me personally it's just knowing the character like i know because he's he's more of a um what's the other green lantern um guy gardner yeah he definitely make a good yeah. guy gardner. But, but that's yeah but he, so that's what i'm saying if like they actually sat down did the research for this movie like they should have and really wanted him in it uh they could have made a good you know green lantern movie um or yeah. or like a decent green lantern movie instead of that dumpster fire that, and what a tough pill so, to swallow for it being your favorite. Yeah. I, that's the closest I've ever come to walking out of a movie theater. I, and like, I, like I love movies and bad movies. I'm fine with, but like, Oh my God. dude. <laughs> uh, so interestingly enough, Martin Campbell, the director of that fucking atrocity um, directed another movie that I actually really like, which is vertical limit, uh, which is that's about, a- the brother and sister or the uh the the climber who climbs k2 to rescue his sister okay yeah yeah i've seen that yeah um i really i really enjoyed that movie a lot and it has bill paxton in it because we, we've kind of seen this in the past too with movies do you think it was one of the situations where uh he was kind of handed this movie that demanded a lot of cgi and he hadn't worked with a lot of cgi at that point i think that's uh, definitely possible because that happened to fan stick uh, the new so Fantastic Four movie, because uh, the director, oh, yeah, the new one, cause, yeah, because the director was the same one that directed. Uh, what was that movie with the dudes that like found that stone became like telekinetic and? Uh, oh, oh, oh! He he directed um, um, Chronicle, which is yeah, probably one of the best one of the best superhero movies of yeah, all time, and that is amazing. And then they handed him fantastic four which had this huge budget demand a lot of cgi and was just way outside of his wheelhouse yeah josh uh, trank yeah that's name. not the only reason why that movie is bad but that is one of the contributing factors i wonder if it's the same for like yeah. the green lantern where it was like he had been directing these other type of movies now here's this one that's supposed to have these big set pieces a lot of cgi and it was just like not what he was equipped to handle directorially and then sure. you, you know hey we're giving you uh a big name actor you know uh who's gonna have this personality that you can't really write out you have to write around uh, you talking about miles teller uh well no i was going back to the green lantern oh oh ryan reynolds uh, yeah 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 you have he he's like <laughs> it's ryan reynolds you're not writing out ryan like his personality and yeah people want to see ryan reynolds they want Yes. yes so uh, i mean it's still not like that inexcusable uh but i think that definitely a, a situation where you chose the wrong uh director Dude, for the movie that you were trying to make talk about movies i mean for hours i 
movies. I love movies, and there's just so much to talk about. I mean, we can talk about trilogies. Uh, we could talk about good trilogies, bad trilogies, um, movie series. Uh, I, I just I love movies. You know, like yeah, come on, it's, it is bad movies, good movies, all the movies, bro. Such a great way of storytelling, where you have so many tools to tell a story that like there's so much that can go wrong and right and it can be as serious or as fun as you you want them to be like right they're literally like entire industries around just talking and understanding film and movies right. um, um i don't know I, I i'm very it's very difficult for me to find a movie that I just I don't like that's terrible, you know. Um, it's kind of like um, like Nickelback, you know. Like you're not <laughs> supposed to like Nickelback, but God, they got some, some catchy tunes, man. As somebody who regularly tries to dunk and shit on Nickelback, I can still probably sing every single one of their songs yeah, when they exactly. come on. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody loves Nickelback, dude. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to um movie hot takes as it were you know um and i i want you know i want the realness i want what you really think you will probably not be judged here are we only have like seven listeners so they're probably not gonna judge you so just Speak but your I would truth, judge them. as it were. That's fair. I judge you for listening to us. <laughs> and I judge you well. <laughs> so with that said... Um, you have been weighed and found wanting. You have Name that been movie. measured and you've been found wanting. <laughs> Favorite movie. Okay, stop. Okay, okay, okay. So, hot take. Oh, this, is, this is fun. I'm going to make it a two-parter. Um, I think... First, the kind of like superhero community's obsession with the Joker is weird and unhealthy. Um, And with that, um, while I think Heath Ledger did a great job as the Joker, I don't like Christopher Nolan's Batman movies because they are great movies that have Batman in them, I don't think that they are great Batman movies. And I think that was illustrated really well by how great a job uh, Matt Reeves did with the Batman that just came out. And that's... So, I guess my hot take is I, I... I'm not a huge fan of the obsession with the Joker, i.e. the Joker movie. And... I don't really like Christopher Nolan's Batman movies as Batman movies. I think they're great movies. I think they look great. I think uh, there's a lot of great things about them, but. So you're definitely more of a, a DC fan than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding of the Joker is he's supposed to be this like unhinged, chaotic, right. Right. psychotic the, character. The, the, that... the Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix version. Yeah. But my point is he's supposed to be this crazy unhinged, abusive like psychotic character that's supposed to be the exact opposite of batman and that's why he plays so well opposite of batman 
Um, and recently, especially with like the Suicide Squad version of the Joker, Boom. has been kind of painted more into this like in pop culture of uh, this more of like anti-hero bad boy. Uh, yeah, they, they who's more quirky than anything. Yeah, and made him sexy, which the Joker is not. Well, not you're not going to love this, but I think that from little what little we saw, Jared Leto was probably um, the closest to comic book, yeah, one version of comic book accurate Joker. I'm not that we've criticizing seen. his acting or characterization. You're just of it. talking about like I'm criticizing the the writing and how it because we didn't see enough of him and it led to right. this whole like. Uh, who's the better uh, joker or who's uh, the better not not who's the better joker but this um, whole like uh perspective of the joker being a uh like like a room it's supposed to, like a romanticize romanticizes of, the joker the joker which is not like if you read the comics and you look at harley quinn's relationship with the joker it's a very one-sided abusive relationship and they didn't really yeah. portray it as that uh yeah. okay i'll yeah, give you that yeah, yeah. for sure but uh, I also did hate his Joker, so I'm just going to mm-hmm. throw that out. There. I hated it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Uh, so, so what is? What's your? What's your feedback on my my hot take? Really, I what? What I really want to be taken away from this is the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are not Batman movies; they're just movies with Batman in them. Because Batman is supposed to be the greatest detective, and there was not outside of like. The MacGuffin. There was zero detective work. <laughs> well, outside of the like MacGuffin, I just created this piece of technology that's going to figure out this thing for me. There was zero detective work and more of I'm Batman. I'm going to punch you in the face. Also, what was when you look at those movies? Like, who were the the main portions of those movies? It was the villains. Yeah. Well, except for the first this. one, there was no bad. Like, there was like kind of a bad. The the city was the bad guy in the first one. You know. Okay. Well, I gotta, I gotta understand your, your look, right? Like, so you, you liked Ben Affleck's version, yes? Yes. Okay. Why did you like that version? Yeah. Um. It it portrayed um while it t- it took up uh like a thin slice of what Batman is. So a Batman further in in his career, deeper into his career. Um, after presumably losing Jason Todd uh, to the Joker, he is now this gritty, um, no holds bar, definitely not following his own rules about, you know, causing the least amount of damage, not killing people, whatever. Um, and he is this, it's, it's a believable Batman character. He is gritty. He is, he is, he hits hard. He is, he believes wholeheartedly in heroes, which is kind of something that Batman has portrayed in the past is believing that the heroes around him are the best part of society. And, and they really, they showed that in the, you know, in, in Zack Snyder's Batman movies. Plus we got like hands down one of the best Batman fight scenes, which is the warehouse fight scene. Where he Martha. straight up fucks up those dudes, <laughs> Martha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I love that. Okay. And I, I just like Ben Affleck as the, as Bruce Wayne and Batman. I I 
What's wild is I I did not see it. Like when they first announced it, I was like, oh my god, this is such a terrible. A lot idea. of people were like, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> and he did it, and I was like, wow. <laughs> like somebody it's... saw him be more than what he could be, and they nailed it. They really did. Yeah. I think he was yeah. a great Bruce Wayne too. Yeah, that was, was, that's that was definitely on the hate train when they cast Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I was like, this oh, is yeah. why this movie's gonna suck. But it was the better part of the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another hot take. Zack uh, Snyder is ugh, yeah. not yeah. my favorite person. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. Do you think with those Christopher Nolan Batman's? Because I I did like those movies. Yeah, they're uh, great movies. I'm not faulting you for liking yeah. them. For somebody that is more casually uh, into DC comics, what really draws me into like a lot of the storylines are the villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so do you think it was more of like we're gearing this more towards like the casual viewer who probably knows Batman more for like the Joker and Bane and stuff like that than the actual like gritty detective Batman stories? Uh, no, I think Christopher Nolan, um, again, had like a general idea of what Batman was and he is a creative individual. And so he took that and he, he made this, this big sweeping um, kind of, you know, kind of pretty movie. Um, But I mean, by the time you get to the third movie in the series, uh, Bruce is walking with a cane. Um, he, I think, I think the issue is that he tried really hard to ground the movies in reality. Mm. He tried to make them as real as possible, like as believable as possible. And with superhero movies, you really have to look, you have to find the balance because they're not real. They may be loosely based in reality, but they're not. They are not reality. There are not people that fly around with capes, or people that you know, fight crime syndicates in major cities at night versus bat. bats. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. That's I'm just that's just my issue with the movie. Yeah. So I think if you love it, I'm not I'm not like I said, I'm not I'm not bashing you for loving it, but I didn't like the Bruce. I didn't the Batman was okay. Mm. Um mm. there there's some really good scenes. There's some great scenes. But it's they're definitely Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, they're they're they yeah, they are definitely <laughs> yeah. Christopher. I didn't have to see who directed like that's a Christopher Nolan movie. Like that's yeah. yep. I agree. So that's that's how that's how I feel about it, all right. Okay. <laughs> uh all right, sweet. No, well, I mean yeah, all you're right, definitely so... it's like like you are definitely this the DC the DC fan here, me and Raider. And I, I'll admit I'm not like a Marvel lover i never bought into the marvel right but they're doing well right now and we've all seen their movies so yeah i just feel like dc sees what marvel's doing and they're like they have wet dreams about becoming what marvel oh yeah absolutely do i think that's what's killing dc right now is instead of just saying okay we're gonna make a good Batman movie, right? We're gonna right. make a good Wonder Woman movie. Yes, we're just gonna make, make a good Superman movie. The way you want to make it, right? And even if you don't appeal to the broader, um, the broader can't. people, Your shareholders. That's what you. That's the problem. Okay, you? so that that actually brings me to to my hot take. Okay. okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. Look at that fluidity there. You guys paying attention? That's good. The, all right, so. 
I love Netflix. I thought that the 20, the pandemic was palpable because of Netflix and, and Amazon prime and Disney plus eventually. And, you know, like the streaming services that all came out and right. like, they really made the, the, you know, being at home much more doable. So in some ways I'm grateful. Right. And I don't want to shit on streaming <laughs> services. But I, I have this is this is a, an idea that I not original to me, but I, I mm -hmm. definitely believe in this is that um, Netflix and other streaming services are effectively um, ruining the art of cinema and in more ways than just you going to the theater and experiencing a movie in a way that movies were initially intended to be enjoyed. OK, and I, I think that's because at some level hollywood has always been relatively risk averse like they're like they're gonna not yeah. well, not always they become more they've definitely become more risk averse as time has gone by and that's mainly because they're like look i just want to make money and I, i'm not i don't want to take risks on big projects that might not make money and marvel always makes money so just keep cranking out marvel films we'll just take every iteration of every superhero that's ever lived and then recreate it or we'll do a second version do you think that's due to momentum though I think it's you know? due to I think I think that for Marvel specifically, for Mar for Marvel specifically, no. I think I think Marvel is actually just the uh, the low hanging uh, fruit in this example, that which is that big tech and big big movie execs are not artists. They are they are businessmen, and yeah. they are not going to want to take risks with all that money on the line for movies that could end up being classics that we just never even saw because they never made it past um, a screenplay on the desk of some big movie exec. And I think that's true in some ways for even streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime or Disney Plus, even though there have been some like Sundance films that have done well and have made it to streaming services. I, I think um, there's still always going to be a drive to push to the bigger, to a bigger audience, but like, it's gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna sacrifice though production because you're just going to have, like almost like, hey, on Netflix, you're just gonna have, um, you're not gonna, you're, you, there. Okay, there was there was a there was a few a few people a few directors that have effectively said, I'm only gonna direct TV shows now because of the ex of of what Netflix does, right? They're like, it's killing it's killing making movies in in big theaters, and uh, I can see it. I can see it. I think. I, I think that the experience in movie theaters is now either full on mega blockbuster or it's like um, niche, um, uh, uh, what I'm looking for like indie, indie films, right? Like niche indie films, but like the middle of the road ones that are kind of risky, like where it's like, mm, like it doesn't really fit in the Netflix stream and the mega blockbuster. So now they're just being like, there's like no shot. They're like, they're like, nope, if you're, we're not, we're not putting it on the big stream unless we know we're going to knock it out the fucking park here. And uh, I think that sucks because you don't get to see movies that I think are are like I don't think Road to Perdition would ever make it to um, to to, uh, to see to be seen in theaters, right? Like I don't think there's I think a lot of movies um, would be like eh, we'll, we'll do something else we'll do that later, you know. And it's probably happening a bunch. So my hot take is that I think that in the end, while we're gonna get more access to more, it's not necessarily gonna be higher quality when it comes to streaming services. Okay. I, that's not to say that streaming service movies on streaming services will not be good, right? 
Or are yeah. you saying but that I'm, I'm saying at that some point the quality weak. is just going to get worse and worse and worse? I think. Well, I think you're just going to they'll say, "Hey, what's? Can you make it cheap and good? Do that, right?" And they don't have to. T- they don't have to take big risks anymore. They just scream it like, "Oh, we don't got to." You know, we just say, "Hey, if it doesn't work great, whatever was put put something else there's, on there." You know, there's no more distribution costs. There's no more distribution costs, uh, right? Yeah, mm. it's just how many eyes. So, and you're kind of seeing with Netflix now, where they're pumping out so much content. And the amount of good yeah. content they're getting out of it is less because it's about how much content can you push out to say, right. I've got this content and keep your eyes on the screen than actually putting out. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Real how many bytes at the Apple can I get? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's I, what I think. That's sucks. very unfortunate because I love going to the movies. I love it. Like, I do too. I think it's expensive. Um, I know why it's expensive, kind of. Um, but. I'm yeah. still okay with that, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, would Would you go to a movie theater? Let me ask you. Sorry, cut real quick here. Would you Would you go to a movie theater that was not in the traditional sense a movie theater, but it was the? I mean, it was physically a movie theater, like the surround sound, the seating, the the popcorn. Um, they're streaming. But well, I would say this is like what it basically it would be. Um, it'd be like you'd work out a deal, you know, so it'd be a completely separate experience. And you'd just pay instead of paying like a ticket fee, you would just pay the same way you do for like streaming. You would just pay a subscription for the month and you can go there any time of day and you can see like different theaters would be streaming different things. And like with that would be would come like free popcorn or whatever, right? And you could just go there and be like, Oh, hey, today we're streaming the entire Lord of the Rings. Um, tomorrow we're doing nothing besides, uh, you know, Pesci movies. The next day we're doing nothing besides Nolan movies, you know, whatever. Right. And you could just go there and do that and have have the experience. I, I would AMC already does a subscription Mm -hmm. in the sense where AMC has a a pay plan, uh, and you get like five free movies. I think a month or it's something like where you get so many movies a month that you, you don't pay individual ticket price for you just pay a monthly fee and then you just go and give them your stuff for and you get to watch yeah. the movie for free. Yeah. And does, well, it not does free, well. but it, it's a subscription plan, but they already do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was like a local theater that was like, Hey, uh, this weekend, you know, because you're subscribed to our, like, you know, whatever plan you get to come in and watch these series of movies for free this weekend, I would 100%, uh, subscribe to that because i think it would be dope yeah i think if i was doing nothing on a wednesday and i would just like i just had the app you know and i can see like oh today they're gonna be showing whatever right like force force gump you know today at eight o'clock and like and i I had free popcorn like say it was like part of the description okay come up get a free bag of popcorn i would just go over there and be like cool i know it's gonna be me and 10 other people are gonna be enjoying force gump you know like i don't know yeah you know actually what was one of like one of my favorite experiences um really that you and i share danny yeah uh was uh gorge of the rings gorge of the rings was so fun dude that Uh, was sunray cinema shout out to sunray cinema for putting on a phenomenal phenomenal i I love that place um so so for our listeners um gorge of the rings uh you bought a ticket and um I don't even remember how much the ticket was, like 80 bucks or something like that. Less than 100. Yeah. Um, but you bought this ticket and you go to Sunray Cinema uh, in in uh, Five Points in Jacksonville. 
and you showed up and they served you early uh, a, 11 meals yeah it was early you had to get there like yeah like nine or something like that because you had to, you had to have like breakfast and 11 z's and afternoon. afternoon tea yep second breakfast second breakfast so and, and so they serve you and and so they had like cooks or like people like cooking these meals for i mean a good amount of people there was probably a couple hundred people there it was it was it was a full it was a full theater for it was sure. a full the whole, theater well it's a very large it's it, it was in their large theater room mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean and we watched and we watched the extended edition of all three lord of the rings movies and yeah i'm not gonna lie man i i loved every second of that that was like movie theater peak it was movie theater peak and it's actually to the point where it's so it was such a good experience that it actually ruined future experiences of the theaters because I, I realized just like how good a thing could be and I'd be willing to pay for it. That's what that's a crazy thing. I'd be willing to pay for that consistently, you know, if they did something, if somebody could figure out a way to do that consistently. And you know, I don't know, I don't know if there's just not enough movies like that or I mean Well, I mean that's hard. It's very themed. It was like, you know You could do Harry Potter, I think, like that. Because like, yeah. okay, so the key was the food was all Lord of the Rings themed food, yes. right? So they yes, had. Sorry, I didn't llamas. make that clear. There was llamas yeah, they bread. Had llamas bread. Uh, we had, um, you know, like potatoes. There was a lot of potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah, they had it all. They had yeah. This, they had a lot of um, Lord of the Rings food in there. So I guess again, have to be a movie experience. Like kind of like maybe like Harry Potter, where they had a few things in there. But even then, like there's only a few Harry Potter foods that are really ever fully talked about, like like butter beer and a few other things. They have like, a there's a whole sweets. cookbook, dude. There's a oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, then there you go. That I am super upset that I was not there for that because that sounds absolutely. We weren't amazing. hanging out yet. We weren't hanging out yet. Yeah, we were not. Uh, I feel bad going last for my hot take because, like, starting out, uh, I feel like it came out super strong, and this one, um, I think, is a little low hanging fruit for a hot take. Uh, but my hot take is that I think J.J. Abrams is an extremely overrated and not intelligent director. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take. It's not. It's uh, common knowledge. So I think I'm going to pull an audible and change it because there's another opinion I have. You know what it's like saying, kinda... before, you, before you say it? It's like saying, you know what I think is a terrible person? Yeah. Hitler? As, <laughs> yeah, like, as we're talking, what? I realize my hot take is not that hot. So I'm going to change it up and call it an audible. Uh, and it's going to tie in with Danny's a little bit. And that is that I think as much as I love them, that Marvel movies has ruined cinema. Uh, and That's I will a, explain yeah. why uh, and it kind of ties in with every things that we were talking about. But so Marvel movies are great. I love them. I love watching them. Right. I, every time there's a new one coming out, I'm in the theaters for it, but and Marvel thanks you for that. Yes, they do. Uh, I've got a personalized letter. <laughs> money. <laughs> yeah, mon- money. Uh, but the reason why Marvel movies are ruining cinema um, is they created this giant connected universe and it has made them, a metric uh, fuck ton of money for doing it, right? Because uh, everything's tied in. They got television yeah. properties and stuff like that. I mean, aren't um, they like the top and, three gross movies out of top ten, like Marvel? Yeah. Like that. Uh, yeah. So every other studio has seen this and is trying to replicate it. And we've seen it fail. Uh, and I think we're missing out on potentially really good movies, right? So, for example, uh, DC. DC started out with uh trying to set up the justice league immediately um 
and trying to copy that Marvel formula formula and it hasn't worked. But when they've done standalone movies like the Batman, and I know you don't like it, Billy, but like the Joker, yeah. uh, but those movies were all really good. And it's bec- partly because they weren't tie- trying to tie it into another universe. They were right. able to just focus on making this movie and they ended up being really good. Um, we saw it with the new mummy movie where they're trying to immediately set up oh, this monsters yeah. universe. How do you just ruin Brendan Fraser's fucking legacy like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're seeing it with a lot of these properties where they're trying to bring them back and create this giant universe with all of them so that they can rake in that money like Marvel instead of just sitting down and trying to make a really good movie. Um, and as much as I love that Marvel did it, cause it's a lot of fun, unfortunately, because it was super successful, everybody wants to replicate it and it's, you know, it's causing them to just push out subpar movies because, well, this one, this one has to set up our universe. This one has to be the one that helps us create this big, huge movie empire instead of just like, let's make a really good movie. And then if that one does well, we can make another really good movie and then start like we used to, to do them into, in the past. Yeah. And then start trying to tie them in together and make a universe. Everybody just wants to jump in this universe because, like we were saying, everything's controlled by investors uh, and executives. And so the big focus is we need to make as much money off this as quickly as possible um, instead of like, hey, like we can just make a really good, you know, Batman movie. So hold on. Sorry, before you make your point, um, looking at the top 10 grossing movies of all time, um, Avengers Endgame is number two. Uh, Avengers Infinity War is number five. Spider-Man No Way Home is number six. And the Avengers is number nine. Yeah, so four so, of the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that's, so I, I think that's good, my hot take. Example of what you're, no, yeah, and a really good example of what you're saying is um, I was a big fan of so – I read Lord of the Rings. Um, I read The Hobbit when I was really young. Oh, boy. And I really enjoyed it, you know, like, so uh, when the fifth, the fifth uh, movie came out, right. Um, it was just a CGI, uh, a jizz, you know, like for just, just Bukaki, right. It's all it was. It was just everything about it was, was, was CGI over the top. And if you look at the. The fifth movie, um, which movie are you the, referring to? The one. um the, the, the last part two. Right. Was, yeah. well, what was, uh, well, the, no, no. Was sorry, it, uh, I just want to. Make battle, sure. No, sorry. The Battle of Five Armies. Battle of the Five Armies. So yeah. the last, the last movie to come out. Yes. So that's number that would, six. Right. So you're okay. Number six. That one. That one, I. I again. That for me it was it was terrible. And if you look at how how different that was, and how um, how how different it was from the 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 tale of two. Was it the the God damn it. Um, the Battle of Helm's Deep. The Two Towers. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. So the Battle of Helm's Deep is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on film. Right? They would have best best scenes I've ever seen on film. And I could go back and watch that scene alone. And that was obviously all, that was mainly actors, right? Very little CGI. But they knew that worked. They knew. They already had the playbook for what worked. And they still said, nay. We're going to go ahead and just do a gigantic CGI clusterfuck here. And I don't understand if they just were looking at everything else and going like, well, everything's CGI. So we also have to be CGI, right? Like what propelled, what compelled somebody to do something like that, if not being because you're influenced by all the other CGI that's happening out there. And like, they, they, they can't be from an artistic standpoint. 
there's no way an, a, an artist really said, you know, a director who appreciated good art was like, yeah, let's go with CGI as opposed to real actors. Well, I mean, and did Peter Jackson directed those, right? He, he did, did, but I think he, once again, that was he, a, a money decision where like the Lord of the Rings had to be a three-part movie, right? It had yeah. to be a trilogy because of the length of the story. The Hobbit's not. The, the Hobbit did not. Uh, the no, Hobbit yeah. at most two, right? Or a really long Mo movie. At or most two movies. one and a half. At most, yeah. yeah. Um, but once again, it was a money-driven decision of we have to make this a trilogy because everything that's successful is a trilogy, so we need to make a trilogy out of this movie to make money off of it. And it kind of wraps in the same thing where Marvel started this whole connected universe, and so everybody has to absolutely do it with everything. Everything is going to become a connected universe, and it's that drive towards what is the most profitable um, you know, where it's like the Hobbit could have been a really good movie, it just being the one movie Hobbit. You know, I agree. I agree. Uh, everybody they've already shown people are palatable for sitting there for three, four hours for an extended version of Lord of the Rings. Sure, you can't tell me you couldn't have made the Hobbit. Yeah, Lord of the Rings fans would have for would have eaten. Yeah, yeah. I would have been there. I would have sat my happy ass in that theater for four hours watching the Hobbit, no problem. Yes. Yep. So well, that is what's, what's frustrating is that there there are parts of. Um, so there's a certain level of CGI that is almost required, um, for, because it, it because you have to decide, am I going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on extras and, uh, actors and still have to use CGI on a lot of stuff because we're talking about a fantasy movie, right? Realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, there and 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 I'm not saying you're wrong in your hot take, but there seems to be this aversion to CGI, right? Like everybody wants the tangible, real thing, right? And for some reason, no matter how good CGI looks, um, there is always detractors from that. Well, um, and, and with that said, I'm not. I do think that there was um, a lot of CGI in um the new hobbit movies and i do think a big part of that was how long they made the movies and how much money they were trying to save and um and eventually make so yeah um i agree i i definitely agree yeah so well how, so there's the reason for that i think is like because the monkey brain sorry go ahead sorry you said monkey so brain say the, so i yeah, so our monkey, our monkey brain basically like it's we're really good at, at picking up things that are that are that are bullshit, right? Like we, intuitively, we have an intuitive brain to be like, nope, that's not good. Like that person's lying to us. Like that's a bad thing. Don't go in that. Don't go down that dark street, right? We have the same thing for CGI. Like our brain just knows without knowing. Like that's not real, right? So you just can't connect with it at the same level, um, you know. And going back to the the battle the battle of Helm's Deep, you know, those were actors, you know, playing as orcs, you know, so there was some level of visceral connection that your brain could 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 agree with as opposed to when you have a cgi villain or what or cgi action scene you're like oh this is cool i mean i appreciate the storyline but you're, you're not actually feeling like whoa this is this is dangerous there's, you know there's there's a difference between like making a dragon and like the gold pit and stuff like that cgi and then but also making like the uh goblins and armor also cgi whereas like when you look at the original lord of the rings they were actors in makeup and practical effects mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. hobbits being short weren't even cgi that was all just filmed perspective 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the, right. The rooms and the tables being big wasn't CGI. That was just filmed perspective. Right. That's just um, good. That's the movie magic, right? That's what that was. Yeah. Right. So. And we, but we, we want that movie med. And I'll be honest with you. I, I don't mind when a movie is CGI. A movie has to be like the CGI has to be very bad for me to be like, oh, that was way too much CGI or that was poorly done or whatever. Right. Um, but that's me personally. And I get it. You know, some people, they want, they want the real thing. They're like, oh, well, this movie did it this way. So why don't, why didn't this movie do it the way that I want? And I, I just, I, I think- don't know. there's a level of cgi that i'm okay with and i guess mine my tolerance is significantly higher than the average moviegoer i would say yeah i i think i just enjoy it less when there's in and it's obviously an opinion but my opinion of like unnecessary cgi you know what i mean but you know it's i i get it sometimes it's easier like if you're gonna show me a thousand million man army or whatever it's gonna be cgi and i'm okay with that because i get it uh, but when you're showing me somebody with a sword and the sword is a CGI like sword, yeah. that's in my opinion, like all right, we're going a little too far here. We right, right. And uh, yeah, far. the good example was was uh, Smog's, uh, you know, gold chamber. Now, had they took the time to make a bunch of fake gold, and then they just, but they made the dragon himself CGI, as opposed to the entire chamber being like, oh, okay, it was nothing about it felt felt real. real. You know, yeah. if there was an actual room that he was in as he turned a corner with real stone and there was actual drools in his hand. And then there was like real fire, but a CGI dragon. Like then I, you know, it's like, I can accept that. I can hundred percent accept that, but I can't, I don't know. My brain's like, you guys are just doing, you're just doing it because you can now at this point, not because you should. It's, it is, is like, it is a hard thing to tackle. Cause I think we're all at like somewhere in different levels as to what would be like acceptable to us. Sure. Uh, and I, so, sure. Yeah. I but, agree. Uh, to take things uh, back to a more positive note, uh, mm. do you guys have any like must see movies? Uh, like something that's just like, like, like it's something that you just really, it. yeah, everyone should see it for whatever reason. A movie that you just like either wish more people would have watched or, or just one of yours, like, people need to see this movie. Snowy, I'll let you go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this actually. It's actually I'm gonna have to, I'm moving off the top of my head, but it was actually a TV show on Apple TV, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. And there was one episode that was one of the best standalone episodes I've ever seen. It was called this show called Mythic Quest. It's with Oh yeah. The so the the creators of Was Always Sunny in Philadelphia um, made a show called Mythic Quest. And basically when they first heard it, they were just like the um the, the, the characters are all like, no, we're not going to do this show. And essentially, it's about a um, kind of like a spinoff of um, what was that? What's that really popular RPG game um, that everyone played? D&D. D- yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It's uh, the online oh. the online game. The one where you had to like rank up your level to like, you know, you're a World of level. Warcraft. Thank you. World of Warcraft. So oh, essentially, okay. it was like a, kind of a kind of like that's like the backstory where they have like this um, egomani- e- egomaniacal character um playing um he's like the creator of this world of warcraft video um computer game and like the office essentially is the backdrop for this for this tv show and it it gets really deep and it gets really um human and it's really funny and um i there's some great actors in there it was honestly for me it was like a, a classic 
TV show that just happened to get aired on Apple TV, and not a lot of people have Apple TV, so not a lot of people have heard of it or or watched it. But Mythic Quest, it was really really good, and there's one um, there's one love scene episode where it basically did like a, it was like, hey, let's go back in time and show you how we got here, and it was written by a a guest a guest writer, and she like encapsulated how a couple falls in love and then falls out of love in like a 40 minute window in a way I've never seen done before. And I was like, this is like, it was really, really good. So Mythic Quest is I think a, a one everyone should go see. Okay. Grizz, what do you got? Uh, my must see uh, movie is The French Dispatch, which is- Never heard of it. A West- Google it. It is- uh, Wes Anderson movie, who is one of my Ooh, favorite directors. Love Wes Anderson. Uh, yeah, so for those who don't know, he directed the fantastic Mr. Fox, Royal Tenenbaums. Um, the, what's the hotel one? Uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest. Uh, Isle of great Dog. Movie. Yeah, all great movies. Uh, so the French Dispatch was his most current one. It came out during the COVID, so it went straight to like HBO uh, Max, which is why I don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, but it is an ode to French cinema. Like, there's some great, like, old school style uh, French animation scenes. Um, the premise of the movie is that it is about this newspaper that's kind of like shutting down called the French Dispatch, and a lot of these stories that are associated around it between the different um, journalists that work there. But it it kind of does this great thing of like showing different styles of uh, French cinema and. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. It is one of those really artsy movies, but not so artsy that it loses you. Um, and I think yeah, the if, cast in this is yeah. star studded, man. Yeah, it's got Timothy Chalamet is in Benicio it. Benicio del Toro, Adrian oh, Brody, Tilda the old oh pianist. Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, bro. I, uh, I'm and watching it's, the uh, the trailer, and it's all, like, there's no volume, obviously, because I'm listening to you. But it is so beautiful. Like it is very aesthetic. Well, that's, I mean, Wes Anderson is like, that's, his his color, his use of color is so impressive. Yeah, he, uh, but it's one of those that really suffered during the pandemic as far as it, its exposure. Uh, and I remember watching it and just being blown away by it and how good it was and kind of took me back to being with my aunt and uncle and watching like kind of French movies because uh, he's runs the film department at UCLA. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, uh I just really wanted to talk to people about it and nobody has seen it <laughs> that I know. Uh, and it's yeah, one of those what? hard, it's one of those I'll hard movies. On to my like, list. Yeah. It's one of those hard movies to be like, you need to watch this. Cause you explain to people and they're like, that sounds, uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. But you look at that cast and it's just beautifully shot and I absolutely love it. Okay. I love that. The French. Um. Okay, it's on my list now. Consider it on your uh, consider Captain it Ameri- watched on your Captain America movie list. Oh yeah, Bill Murray's <laughs> added, added to the list. Bill Murray. Yeah, All Bill right. Murray is in it. Um. Okay. Um. I was really stalling for time because <laughs> I was trying to think of a good, um, like musty movie, like just. You gotta see it. It's gonna change your life, kind of deal. Um, 
And you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little less grandiose. Uh, I'm gonna say the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And here's why: because the premise of the movie is so simple. It's really just. It's so easy to watch, and and it feels good. And the final, like, when Walter Mitty sees what the last photo is, uh, the quintessence of life, um, I think, I mean, it was just, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I don't think it's a perfectly made movie. I can't say that because I'm not a movie critic. I don't know, uh, you know, where they got tonal stuff wrong or whatever. But I know for a fact that I thoroughly enjoyed that movie from start to finish and it was simple and it made me feel good and I, and I think that everyone should watch it at least once maybe twice so that's my yeah. pick for must see movie it's a really good movie so yeah the casting on it was perfect every character they used to play those roles like when they when they wrote you could tell when they wrote the character you know they had Ben Stiller in mind to play it but then they had what the guys what's his name Walter Payton what's what's the, the little little fat guy's name who was his the the guy who helped him make the um he was the guy who talked to him on the phone the whole time, but the actor. Oh, anyway. uh, yeah. Fuck. Oh man. No, pa- Pat Peyton Oswald. Fuck. Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald. Yeah. Patton Oswald. That guy was perfect for that. And then they used um, then his boss or like yeah his like the new boss uh, um, was uh <laughs> the guy from Step Brothers. The guy from Step Brothers. Yeah. I can't remember that, his name. He just has the most punchable. Face Adam Scott. Adam Scott, oh. <laughs> such a, such good casting, and then of course using um, what was the name of the guy who played the, who was a photographer? Um, oh, um, uh, Penn, uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Everyone they chose to play like that role, like it just was such a good. You, like, it was like oh, yeah, Sean Penn, the like the artsy, like you know, like wilderness guy who's a badass who travels all over the world. It was like fucking a, fucking right, man. I just I really I really enjoyed the movie too. I think. It was a cool adventure. It showed him, you know, discovering himself. I think even his love interest was like she's super cute. What's her? Uh, Kristen Wiig. Wow, super fucking cute, but also like not unattainable. Like you know, just like I don't know. I love that movie. It was a good, good choice. You mean like she works at Time Magazine? Like that's that's believable that that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean she's yeah she was great. I think I think it was a great casting across the board. So I, I like that movie. I don't. So I'm looking at IMDb, and Sean Penn is not even. Oh, oh he's on there. I mean, I, I, he has to be on there, right? Because he's. I think because he had such a short, he has such a small, like, actual role in the movie. Yeah, it, it was one of those like secret castings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So there some, sometimes Sean too. O'Connell. Is his name in the movie? But yeah. Sorry, what were we gonna say? Sometimes they what? Sometimes they'll keep actors like that off of the IMDb page because uh, they don't want it to get ruined when it's coming out. They want it to be like a surprise that this dude's in it. Yeah. Like when um, Brad Pitt was in uh, the second Daredevil, or not Daredevil? Uh, oh, uh, Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool. Uh, yeah. He wasn't on the IDB page at first either because they wanted it to be a surprise that he was like the invisible guy. 
Love that. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, so to kind of start to wrap up this episode, uh, you guys want to talk about movies that we're looking forward to? Yeah, that are going to come out. Yes, I got a couple, but uh, I don't know if one of you two wants to go first. Now you Um, take it off. Yeah, yeah, you got it. So uh, to do a complete one eighty on me, talking about how Marvel movies are ruining cinema. Mine is (laughs) one of mine is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Oh my god, dude! I am Um, so pumped for that. Yeah, I love the Ant Man character. I loved the first one that it was like this heist movie. I love. I can't think of his name, but uh, Paul Rudd. That, no, the dude that talked really fast, his friend. Oh, told uh, the story. Uh, Luis Pena or something like yeah. that. Uh, but one of the big reasons why I'm really excited for it is Marvel has done a terrible job, in my opinion, of like tying in their TV shows with the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the main antagonists slash bad guys in this one is supposed to be the same one of the same ones from the Loki TV show. If you watched it. Yeah, so you're talking uh, about um, Kane the Conqueror. Kane the Conqueror. So Kane the yeah. Conqueror is supposed to be like the overarching big bag, big yeah, bad for the next. But they introduced couple. him in the Loki show, and now he's supposed yeah. to be making his movie appearance here. So I'm excited for them to finally do a good job of like tying in their TV properties. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think it's going to be a great fun movie, uh, and I do love Paul Rudd, but that's one of the other reasons why I'm really excited for it to come out. Yeah. Uh, my other one is John Wick Chapter Four because I love fun, <laughs> dumb action yeah. movies, and I would love watching Keanu Reeves just absolutely anything. Keanu Reeves. Keanu yeah, Reeves can do no wrong. Honestly, yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Like I'm a huge Constantine fan, and his Constantine oh, movie is nothing man, like the comics, so but I still loved it because it was good. Yeah, you know and that's okay. With number two, right? Well, yeah. he's talked about. He, he's talked like, about. They're it, like talking about like making it a thing. Yeah. He said he wants to do it. Yeah. And that's about as much as it, but still, I, I 100% sign on for it. I love it. I love it. I think, <laughs> so I, I love your movie choice. My movie choice is, um, is one, one movie that I honestly thought was just one of those bullshit things that like was like a meme actually that made it around the internet, you know? And I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't real, but it, but it, it turns out it is. And it's, it's coming out in February next year. <laughs> It's called it's called Cocaine Bear. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So there was a there was in Kentucky there was an American black bear that go went on a, it was went on a murderous rampage after in, unintentionally ingesting a bunch of cocaine. Yes. <laughs> and so Holy it's actually shit. so so Ray, so Ray Liotta is in it. R.I.P. And it's actually um, is this his know, last movie? His last movie, yeah. So he's gonna be remembered for a movie called Cocaine Bear. That's yeah. why. Well, I mean, like, that's his last movie. That's crazy. So the 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 premise of this movie is uh, inspired by a real story: a 175 pound American black bear that died after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine. Apparently, in December 1985, cocaine was dropped out from an airplane piloted by um, Andrew Thornton. He's a former narcotics officer and a convicted drug smuggler but it because his plane was covering carrying too heavy a load uh so what he did is he jumped off the plane with a faulty parachute and died and then the the bear was found three months later uh in northern georgia alongside 40 open plastic containers of of cocaine um and the bear is currently on display in the kentucky for kentucky fun mall in lexington kentucky 
So hilarious. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'm gonna take that premise and go like, you know what he's gonna do this time though? He's gonna get on some cocaine and just fuck everybody up. Because like, and the meme was, and this is how I learned about. This is why I thought I think it's so funny. Is somebody said like, um, for like a brief moment of time, that bear was the most apex predator on the entire planet. Oh yeah, <laughs> easily, easily. And and they from I think whoever read that was like, what a great idea for a movie. And so I'm really excited to see how they do that with Ray Liotta. So that's my that's, that's the movie I'm looking forward that's to. That's awesome. I'm glad that you said something about that because goddamn, I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> all right well i guess i'll close out then um so i think hmm i kind of have two so uh the first one is uh and I, I i'm gonna preface this with i am not like a christmas movie guy at all but uh violent night with david God harbour uh, I yeah. cannot <laughs> wait. Um, I I saw the trailer and I thought it was like some fan made bullshit, and then I watched the whole thing and I was like, "This is the best thing that I've seen oh my in gosh. forever." <laughs> so <laughs> so super pumped about that. Uh, but then also, um, I am a huge Brendan Fraser fan, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the whale. Uh, which is um, he just won like he just won an award for it. So right. yeah, it got like a standing ovation. And uh, I mean, the Brendan Fraser Brendan Fraser story is um, super fucking sad, and sure. it sucks to see like this uh, this actor that we. I mean, everybody loved like everything he was in. I mean, we're we're not talking about like you know, cinematic masterpieces, but God, it's so entertaining, you know? You know what the saddest part is? He was, a, he was a big is? part of, like, the the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, for sure. He was the, he was like the guy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did so, you like him? I asked two questions. Did you like, did you guys like him in Doom Patrol? I uh, love yeah, him I love Doom that. Patrol. I love that. I love Doom that. Doom Patrol is another show that people need to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I ran it's across so it. so good. Because I, I, I got my buddy's access to, to HBO, and I was like, oh, I'll just check it's it out. It's a good I, show, man. That's the thing with DC. Uh, they have, like, these these little, like, um, Peacemaker. Or P- yeah, Peacemaker. I heard that was great. Was it, I heard, I've only watched episode one. because I, I That I show get it? is amazing. <laughs> I got to go watch that. I got to go yeah, watch man. that. That's a great point. So the whale so, also you know, so has, sorry, the whale also has Sadie Sink in it. Uh, which is the the redheaded chick from Stranger Things? Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. Well, she's pretty good too. Interesting. So nice. Okay, so yeah, let's say the, okay, so we'll say the saddest thing about the Brendan Fraser story, and I I know everyone kind of makes it about like obviously what he what he went through, like in his in this you know sexual assault, and and obviously how traumatizing that could be. But I think like that the only reason why we we really know about that was because they made such a big deal about his weight gain. And like, I don't think it was that crazy. Like, what he he definitely didn't look like what he looked like years ago, and he clearly had gained weight. But like, everyone was just like, "Egads, can you believe what happened? <laughs> Holy shit! No one ever gains weight in Hollywood." Or you know, people saying, like, 
people really reacted like oh my like it's like oh, oh my yeah God. they're like, like oh brendan fraser looks so unhealthy he said yeah he's... and yeah so somebody got yeah. older and then gained weight and weren't able to keep their youthful uh right right look. and like, had some what trauma. A crazy concept yeah yeah and had some trauma and like and from from that everyone's like oh no like poor brendan fraser but get only wrong like it doesn't take away from from what he went through but it takes away from like the reason why it became popular was because they were really focusing on things that really weren't was like yeah, it was a, it was a symptom of what he went through, but like mm-hmm. that, no one really cared about the actual thing. Like I don't actually know what happened to him because it was, and it was. I feel like it's kind of personal. Maybe it's sad, so I avoid sad things. But I do know that something bad happened because well, he gained weight, and everyone kept talking about it. And I think that's the more sad thing to me is that as a culture, we just couldn't get past that. Brendan Fraser got older and fat, and I'm just like, what do you think? You know what I mean? Like what? That was everybody. Like, why are yeah. we so? Why are we so obsessed with this? So that to me was, I think, a little sad. We tend to focus on the shallow aspects of the story, then you know. The... Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a bummer! But <laughs> Brendan, it's very great that he won an award, and uh, he is an extremely. He seems to be an extremely humble and um, genuine person. So I'm very, very yeah. glad that that happened, and I hope to see him in more stuff. You know. Uh, moving forward, so yeah, um, definitely I uh, happy about that. I think it's a uh, it's going to be a great uh, comeback to form for Brendan yeah. Fraser and really showing uh, uh how great of a movie maker and actor he he actually is. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, uh, with that said, um, I think we can wrap up this episode of the Barely Coherent podcast. Um, I really appreciate you guys, um, you know, spending time with us. Um, I don't give, I don't give a shit about any of you. <laughs> thank you to uh, <laughs> uh, our lovely hosts, the Grizz, and um, apparently our grouchy host, Snowy B. No, I'm not grouchy. I'm indifferent towards your existence. Mm, that's not what you said, but okay. Uh, uh, with all that said uh, you guys have a good night and we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the Barely Coherent Podcast deuces see you